Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Happy holidays, everybody. Like you, well, maybe like you, my house is under invasion by family members because it's the holidays. Uh, That's one of the sort of facts, I think, of holidays is that you lose your privacy and you end up having to record part of your podcast with your iPad trapped in an empty office. Uh, The other part are Bond films. They show Bond films in marathons and have for years Ever since Turner Broadcasting got the rights to the Bond films, uh, they've been showing these marathons. And I've come to the conclusion that, one, Bond films are really great, that they're part of our history, they're part of our culture. Whether or not you believe them, they sort of mark a passage of time. The other thing is, some of them really, really suck. Uh, And Today's show is about which film is just about the worst Bond film there is. Not the worst Bond film. That's that's die another day. I think we can all agree on that. But today we'll be discussing the penultimate awful Bond film. Enjoy. When last we met, yes, <laughs> previously, previously on, on the magnificently <laughs> huge. Airlip, <laughs> <laughs> we've watched way too much TV in our day. Wow, how's it? We are, and we are Eric, and we are Brian. Uh, I am Chris. I refuse to use your pronoun. We are not amused. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, how is everybody's Thanksgiving? Because we're recording this uh, around it-ish. I, I, I think it's going well. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it was great. Yeah. Okay. Good. Sure. I just thought I'd ask. Just thought I'd ask. <laughs> yeah. And, and Black Friday deals. <sighs> yeah. Deal with Black yeah. Friday. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh I don't think you have to worry too much about that, Brian, in your uh, profession. But Eric and I are pretty much uh, mired yoked, in it. Yeah, yoked to Black Friday, Cyber Monday, oh. to the point where it's uh, soul crushing. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's awesome. It's the best time of the year. Yeah, really, for deals. Yeah. Oh yeah, all sorts of great conversations in the office about uh, how last year Black Friday was this week. And this year, Black Friday is next week. And so trying to do year-over-year comparisons is out the window. Yeah. How- it's fun watching people who are really data-driven not know, like, <laughs> what to do, you know? It's yeah. like taking away a child's pacifier. It's just, what? but I don't, but what? No, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's good times. How do they do it before the internet? That's what I want to know. How? Uh, they drank highballs and they smoked cigarettes in the office and uh, they sp- spanked uh, secretaries on the bottoms. Okay. Yeah. Insert madman. Sure yeah. That- <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, good. Well, I'm glad everybody's having a lovely time of it. And welcome <laughs> to our audience. Uh, what was today's topic again? 
Uh, the second worst Bond film ever made. The second worst? Second yes, worst. Yes, because I think we can all agree that Die Another Day is the worst Bond film well, ever Well, we're going to get into it. We're yeah, gonna we'll get into, get into it. it. <laughs> but damn it, you stole my thunder. <laughs> Maybe we should just do the fresh shit. This shit is fresh. Oh, shit. That is fresh. This stuff is really fresh. Yeah, this is where we talk about stuff we've done or want to do or have done not. I don't know. It's, it, it changes from week to week. We like to just talk about shit. So it's what's current when we record it. <laughs> yeah. So, right. So, so 10 years from now, if someone finds this. No one uh, is going to listen to podcasts in 10 years. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. You guys are Podcasts nuts. are so- Do you think? 10 years ago. Yeah. yeah. I wonder. I mean, we're, we're still going to have ears. We're still going to like audio. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how, how's their blog going? Tell me about your oh, live yeah. journal. Nobody That's reads, right. Brian. Yeah. That's predicated on that assumption. <laughs> Whereas podcasts, you can just slap that sucker on at work so, while you're typing well, about stuff. There's still Twitter, uh, so maybe podcasts will just get a lot shorter? Maybe. Oh, we're fucked then. Yeah. I don't know. I'm uh, not a good guy. So we were doing fresh shit? Is that what we're doing? Yeah. I would <laughs> okay. like to, uh, early on, just uh, do a, a quick shout out to another podcast that's out there called The Countdown Pod. Uh, it's these two fellows that basically do their top 10 lists each week about subjects. Recently they had done one on superior sequels and I saw their tweet on it and uh, I laughed because we had just done one not too long ago. (laughs) Uh, So I I replied, I said, yeah, we did this. Here's the link. And then here were our picks. Uh, And they gave us a good shout out on that episode. So thanks to the countdown pod. Hey, Hey, this is, this is something we are so established a podcast that we're covering the same ground as other podcasts. (laughs) Yeah. Before they do it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, but nobody uh-huh. listens to us, so yay. Yay. Anyway, anyway thanks to the Countdown Pod. Continue. So we were doing the fresh shit, I think is yeah. what you said at one point. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Before I, I went off the rails and digressed. Uh, how about the weather? No, I'm kidding. How much stuff do you have? Let's just gauge it. How much stuff do you have, Brian? Uh, actually, not a whole full? lot. Not a okay. whole lot. Okay. Interesting. Uh, yeah. What, what's yours like, Eric? Uh, okay, I've got a play, a novel, a movie, <laughs> uh, uh, a, a, a kabuki theater play, I, uh, some Shakespeare in the park. What do you want first? <laughs> kabuki theater. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry, Brian. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've, got, I've got literally nothing. I'm editing all of this banter out. Work. You know that, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're God's lost. Sake, somebody do You're some lost. Shit. Uh, quick, Eric, if you were to do fresh shit, what would it be? Uh, I would do, uh, 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 oh, oh boy, that's tough. Um, 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 okay. Nikki Glazer banging a, a stand-up special on, uh, Netflix. Nikki Glazer bears all in a blistering stand-up special about sex, sobriety, and getting over her own insecurities. And she won't spare you the details. How's that? That's awesome. Sex made sense because it makes it makes kids. What do blowjobs make? You know. Then you find out careers. Pro tip. I'm amazed that they still do stand-up specials. Frankly, like HBO, that was their stock and trade, and then they went away, and now they're back. They're very inexpensive. I guess. I guess. But they're never any funny. Ah, they're never any funny. No. Oh. <laughs> That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. It's early. Fuck off. Well, I, I liked the uh, Seth Meyers uh, special. I did watch that recently, and that was funny. And he has a little button there so that you can skip the uh, Trump jokes. If you love Desk Seth, 
You're gonna go crazy for stand-up set. He does everything kids love to do. He stands. Stand-up set! He tells jokes. And he sometimes walks from one side of the stage to the other side of the stage. And finally, I see on Netflix right now, right this moment, uh, November 24th, 2019, uh, Movie 43 is on Netflix again. Please watch this movie. It's funny as hell. It got the worst uh, reviews ever when it came out. It's like everyone who's in it is embarrassed to be in it. Nobody wants to admit they were in it, but it's got a ton of big names. But it's funny as hell. It is really funny. You heard it here first. Yes. Okay. Thanks. Really? Yeah, well, You've seen it? Uh, I've seen bits of it, and it didn't make me want to watch the rest. <laughs> I nearly shit myself in <laughs> Really? <parts of> it. <laughs> it, it definitely is a throwback to the old, like, the 70s uh, anthology comedies. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. It is Kentucky Fried Movie-ish. And Boob Tube and all that, yeah. Yeah. So you, out of like 90 minutes of comedy, so-called, you get uh, 10 or 15 of actual comedy. The the making of that movie is even better because it was what? The Farley brothers and the brothers who, uh, the, the Zucker brothers. And they had this concept for doing another one of those movies. And they roped all these people into it. And all of them tried to get out of it. <laughs> and, and since yeah, it wasn't like a scripted film blackmail that just was involved needed, in this movie getting produced right a lot yeah a lot like, like richard gear kept uh saying uh i've got a conflict uh i've got a conflict <laughs> and they kept saying oh okay we can wait because it's only yeah, like 10 minutes of film it's not an entire film so they waited him out for like four years you know that means it's like richard gear <laughs> p photos out there somewhere <laughs> no no it was just they had him in a verbal contract and they weren't going to let him out of it yeah. normally you could just say oh well i guess we got to recast and they were like mm, nope. no we'll wait nope. <laughs> god okay uh, movie 43 uh, yes uh, there's the the opening sketch to give you an idea uh, um um kate winslet goes out on a blind date with hugh jackman uh and finds that hugh jackman his character has uh, balls growing from his chin, like testicles. They're trying to have a first date, and he's got balls hanging from his chin, and they're like going into a <laughs> so suit. So Hugh Jackman like, and, sits in yeah. the makeup chair for hours for this purpose? To have testicles yeah. attached to his chin. And like- they made this as the, um, the show reel when they went around trying to get other wow. people in it. Wow. And everyone, like, well, one, it's, it is funny. It doesn't sound like it's funny, but it's fucking hilarious. Not so just... You know, not so much because of the testicles, but because you're watching this thing going, oh, my God, that's Kate Winslet and Hugh Jackman making ball jokes, you know. Wow. And I think most people saw it and said, well, if stars of that caliber agreed to this. So, man, so he could have literally been in Men in Black 2 as the Balchinian. And nobody <laughs> yeah. would have known. Okay. Yeah. That's, Might be where the gag came wow. from. I don't know. Wow. See it. It's on Netflix. Right. See it. See it. See it. All right. Sure. And if you didn't don't like it, I'll take the hit because I'm pretty sure you will. <laughs> uh, and I can say that because I have absolutely no concept of what the hit is. Okay. I mean, it's not like you can yeah, do anything. Like, how are yeah. we going to actually? <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah, chastise, chastise you sternly. Chastise you. I know. Yeah. I know. Watch it, and if you don't like it, let me know. 
at MagHuge on Twitter or MagnificentlyHuge at gmail.com. Yeah, We're the- Magnificently Huge on Facebook and uh, we do skywriting. I don't yeah. know what else. We yeah, do, that's the but- challenge. If anybody out there listening to this uh, has any words for Eric on Movie 43, let us know. <laughs> that's infinitely better than anything Brian and I could do. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm going to awesome. stand by my man. <laughs> you go, girl. <laughs> okay. Uh, well. Uh, not bad for not having anything. Yeah. I really don't have anything either, except that uh, Rick and Morty has finally come back. <gasps> yes! And I'm catching up on those, and it's still goddamn funny. So you're catching up, you're, they- not, you're not watching the new ones yet? Or- uh, yeah, I've seen the, the first two have uh, come out, and uh, they, are, they are just as zany and violent and gross and funny and evil. Intricate. That's yeah. what I always love about yeah. this, how intricate the thinking is. Yeah. It's like Doctor Who, but like with a bit more thought. Yeah. A bit a bit more confidence in the audience getting it. Well, and the best part is that they finally have gotten comfortable with their format. And so they're playing with it just re- relentlessly. Mm. Uh, so the, the power dynamic has shifted this season. So Rick is no longer like the alpha dog in the household. And so mm-hmm. there's that sort of eating away at him and Morty has sort of started to assert himself a little more. So he's literally becoming the Mortiest of all the Mortys. Uh, <laughs> so we'll see how long that lasts. Uh, so yeah, it's just, it's a lot of fun. They, even in the first episode, just give a giant poke in the eye F you to all of the toxic fans out there who just like complain about women in the writer's room and, Blah, blah, blah. Just take us back to the old adventures. And so, not to give too much away, but Rick winds up on an alternate dimension uh, and has to skip through his way back to his world. Uh, And every dimension he winds up in is run by fascists, and they all just want things to stay the same. (laughs) So, it's a good fuck you to all the toxic fans out there. It's awesome. Nice. Uh, So, yeah, I'm I'm intrigued to see how it's going to play out, but so far, so good. All right, so I'll pick up that thread um, for mine. Another show that is back, I finally started uh, watching and and already caught up to uh, the final season of The Good Place. I'm still Um, not pulling the trigger on that one. Uh, Last year, when the third season was out, I think I waited until after the first of the year Mm -hmm. and then caught up on the first part and then watched the second half of the season as it played out. Yeah, and and at this point, you know, I had been trying to hold off and trying to hold off because I knew I was going to want to binge it once I started watching it, and then eventually I I caved, and now we're caught up. Yeah. <laughs> we got to wait for the last. There's probably like four more episodes uh, that that still have yet to come out at the time of this recording. Really? Okay. Um, n- not as uh not as hilarious as maybe the first two seasons. Uh, but definitely some very funny episodes, and um, I do like what they're doing. There is one. So has everybody seen uh, through season three of the Good Place? I have. I have. Yeah. So you know that the at the end of season three they were starting this experiment with um, new people coming to the Good Place, and they were going to be judged on whether humans could get better. And they were given, like, the worst possible people to work with. One of whom is, like, really obviously Trump. Um, <laughs> so this this guy is this 
just super full of himself, privileged guy who just, you know, sucks at everything and thinks he's the shit. And, um, and so when he starts to question whether this is really the good place, the thing that they tell him, I'm, this is the one spoiler I'll give out because it's not much of a spoiler, is, yeah, you're right. Actually, there's a best place and, and you're supposed to go there because <laughs> that's the only thing he'll believe. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, it's good. It's got some, it's got some twists as it always does. And I'm, I'm looking forward. They, they definitely know that they're wrapping up the show. Yeah, and, and I think I'm they're glad. trying to go out with a bang. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad that they have That's... sense enough to to know when enough is enough. Yeah, yeah. I've been afraid actually that the final season would be too difficult because they rely on anarchy, and <laughs> this a, a wrap up requires structure. Yeah, well, the wrap up requires structure, but they have the benefit of having hit this reset button at the end of season three, so they've they've given themselves mm-hmm. some some wiggle room, which is nice. Um. So, other than that, uh, speaking of Trumpy things, uh, if you haven't seen it yet, folks, I definitely encourage you to Google uh, songs based on Trump's notes of I Want Nothing. (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) I'm not sure if the punk one is better. I want nothing, I want nothing, I want the world. Emo one is better. Tell Zelensky to do the right thing. I want no quid pro quo. I want nothing. I want nothing. Or the Smiths one is better. I, I think the Morrissey one is the one that made me laugh the hardest. <laughs> because it's just literally like, I want nothing. I want nothing. <laughs> it's like, shut up. Yeah, it was perfect. So, yes, the, the President of the United States is... A fourth grader, and uh, we have the music to prove it. Yeah. Um, the man needs notes to tell people in public that he didn't do the crime by looking at handwritten items that say, I did not do the crime, and then that somehow is exculpatory. It's like, oh, it's all right here, black and white. See, it's all good. Bye. It's like, you fucking asshole. You get the asshole. feeling that all the people in the White House make the president do things the way a parent makes a kid mow a lawn. Oh, you have to go out there. I don't want to see. Go out I, there, I read this, read this. I don't think you're giving them enough credit, actually. So w- what he wrote was basically what Sondland had said was on his phone call. So he decided to quote what was in Sondland's testimony and have there be footage of him saying exactly those words in the public consciousness. I think the cartoonish notes were there to draw attention to it. I don't. Yeah. I think this was a strategy in the same way that I think that, I mean, if the whole scandal was about him wanting the idea that there should be investigations into the Bidens in the world, the impeachment hearings are serving that purpose much more effectively than having Zelensky say anything would have. Yeah. So, I mean... This thing is uh, kind of achieving his ends anyway. But which is here's the weird. thing: it's it's as the hearings go on, though, more and more people are getting roped in to the sphere. I mean, like the latest news with Devin Nunes. Uh, oh God! Devin so it's Nunes. like you know. So it's like basically uh, from day one when Trump announces candidacy, uh, I was pretty much just 
looking to see how many people he was going to tear down with him because that's his superpower is that anything he touches turns to shit. And so I'm just interested as to why people still work for the man considering his long storied history of everything turning to shit. So you know, there's just, one there's one sketch in movie 43 where Anna Ferris is really into <laughs> copperphilia, <laughs> and and Chris Pratt has to eat a bunch of food to try and poo on her, nice. and uh, so but he, he ends up with diarrhea uh, or, or constipation, nice. and he gets hit by a car, and he just shit explodes everywhere. That's the best metaphor I can think of for what's going on right now. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I just, I just wanted that. to signal out of Trumpiness. I, it's yeah. like, yeah, well, we, you know, we're living a nightmare. I we're know. living in a nightmare, and there's nothing new to say. But as time marches on, just you got to do a little bit on the release valve, or else you'll explode. So Yeah. Well, I mean, Thanks. we had like to talk Chris about Pratt I Want Nothing, because that was freaking hilarious. Um, yeah. And then finally, uh, just... Just going to give a progress report. Uh, the Watchmen series is getting better. Um, okay. They definitely, um, you know, they, they're definitely sort of taking tonal cues from the comic books. And one of the things that they're doing is, you know, how in the comic books, uh, you know, a different issue would just take the perspective of one character for a while and sort of, you know, show the world from that way. And so they've done two episodes recently that uh, go down that road. First of all, we've caught up now in the present day with the woman who was Silk Spectre 2, daughter of the original Silk Spectre and the comedian. And she's kind of got personality traits from both of those characters. She is now um, a government agent who hunts down people who wear masks, and she's cynical as hell. And uh, she's she brings a whole new life to the show and takes it in a different direction. So when the show started out, it seemed very much like it was going to be this sort of racial tension thing. But really, those first couple episodes were from the perspective of certain characters. And now we're moving on to other characters and kind of bringing the whole thing together, which is so does, better. Does it feel like uh, since Lindelhoff worked on Lost with Abrams, mm. do you, does it have, do you think that like mystery box feel? Do you think it's going to peter out? I mean, it's definitely like got a mystery doing? box feel. And, you know, the big question is, do they have any idea what the answer to the mystery is? Because oftentimes <laughs> Cause they don't. I, yeah. I've, well, well, even, I, I'm going to put a name on it. Damon Lindelof yeah. did uh, Lost and uh, The Leftovers, and neither time did he have an ending. So be <laughs> so, fucking warned. Yeah. This may not go anywhere, or yeah. even worse, even worse, like those two shows, it'll end with, yeah, but that's not the important thing. Fuck you, it's not the important thing. You don't get to do that. You don't get to tell me what the important thing uh-huh. is, because you couldn't think it up, shithead. <laughs> yeah, that uh. is definitely a concern uh, that I think we uh, we we all should have. Yeah. Um, which, which does remind, I'll, I'll bring it up when you're done here, but I wanted to touch on something else I just remembered. Yeah, so the most recent episode that I have seen... Uh, focuses on the character who's a new character who calls himself Looking Glass. Looking Glass is the guy who just wears a big over-his-whole-head hood that is reflective. And his deal, he's he's really good at telling when people are lying. Um, <laughs> he's the most interesting character, I think, in the show. And, and he's Tim Blake Nelson. Yeah, and he's Tim he's Blake Nelson. Fun. We thought you were a toad. So, <laughs> Looking Glass, um, they do his origin, and his origin is that he was massively like mind-fucked by being in New Jersey when the giant squid 
trans-dimensional squid shows up at the end of the Watchmen comics in New York City and kills a lot of people and completely screws the heads of everybody else. The reason he wears a a metallic hood is he's a tinfoil hat. He's literally got his head, his hat, uh, in, in any other scene lined with this stuff. He's trying to keep the, the waves out of his head. Like, the dude is messed up. Um... So when they get into Looking Glass's uh, backstory, that's that's going really well. And then they're finally uh, explaining there's a mystery box around what's up with Ozymandias, played by Jeremy Irons. And um, that they do seem to actually have an idea of where they're going with. So that's that's a lot of fun to watch. So, yeah, still cautiously optimistic on Watchmen because you're right. There's no reason to believe that they've actually thought this through. But I'm entertained so far. Okay. And that's all I got. All right. Well, I do want to I do want to ask you one question uh, because this is sort of playing out in the media. Uh, the recent failure of Charlie's Angels. <laughs> uh, I haven't how, seen it yet. Yeah. No, I don't think anybody probably should. But it's <laughs> but it's right on the heels of the Terminator Dark Fate uh, flame out. Yep. And it's an interesting contrast in how the filmmakers are dealing with the failure of these properties. Whereas uh, Tim Miller is basically going, well, yeah, we can't quite figure out why it's dead. It was, we thought it was a good movie. And so la la la. I read an article uh, where Tim Miller was, was going off. Well, uh, he basically said he'll never work with Cameron cause he couldn't take control of his own movie. Right. Uh, and he had the so same was problem like, with Deadpool. He's like getting yeah. pissed that he's constantly putting on these projects where other people take over yeah. his job. But that's, and that's, he's like, I, I can't, think, I can't make you not hate Genesis. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, what can, well, what do you want? Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is Tim Miller's like, it's, there's a lot of factors that I can't control. And so we made the movie and there it is and nobody wanted it. So uh, move on. Whereas Elizabeth Banks is just losing her shit because nobody <laughs> wanted to go see Charlie's Angels, which is basically based on a property that's 40 years old. Uh, the last movies that came out were like 16 years ago, and they the sequel didn't do as well as the first one. Uh, so I think they just overestimated the audience. And, In a dying medium, too, yeah. because people really don't go to theaters anymore. Yeah. It's like saying, I wrote a whole novel. How come everyone hasn't read my <laughs> whole novel? Uh, so, yeah, so there's a lot of finger pointing on that side of it. And it's just a weird contrast between the two uh, to see like similar issues uh, where it's just aging properties that people just have spoken. They say, yeah, we just don't give a shit. Yeah. So have you seen uh, the trailer for the upcoming Fantasy Island movie? Oh, no. Christ, shut up. Nope. No. Bloomhouse, Bloomhouse is turning Fantasy Island into a horror franchise. And oh, Mr. Rourke is played this. by Michael Pena. Fuck this. It's no. a thing. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, though. As a horror yes. franchise, yes, I could get into that. Fantasy yeah. Island, That's you go there, horror. and then everything goes to shit, right? It's no longer a happy ABC no. Tuesday <laughs> night. You got, and no, there's no it's, tattoo. It's a, it's a slaughter fest. You got to be yeah. careful, though, because they just did the Banana Splits on Sci-Fi Network as uh, a horror movie. Yeah, they were just trying and to make that, a Five Nights at Freddy's movie. That's yeah, all that was. and that was awful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I guess Netflix is now on board to go ahead with Eddie Murphy in Beverly Hills Cop 4. No. Just stop it. Don't. Just fucking stop. Uh, so, yeah. So it's just, I, I think. 
I think the intellectual property thing is sort of coming to an end run, and people are yeah. just going to go, uh, just come on, give us something new. How about well, thinking up something? Yeah. I mean, the th- let's talk about that in the context of Charlie's Angels, right? Like, so Charlie's Angels is a nostalgia play, right? And it makes sense if you're a Gen Xer in 2001 or whenever the hell that was, and yeah. you want to see Drew Barrymore and um, uh, Cameron, Diaz. Cameron Diaz in tight outfits for, for an yeah. hour, right? Like, okay, that is saying, hey, remember that thing you watched as a kid on TV? Yeah. Well, here's some chicks that you find hot for the same audience. Well, yeah. And, and now thing is- this isn't aimed at Gen Xers at all, right? This yeah. is like Charlie's Angels for a new generation. The new generation's like, what the fuck is Charlie's Angels? I don't care. <laughs> really? So yeah, you've alienated the, the nostalgia audience, and so what? Yeah. And let's not yeah, forget. Like last, action, last Action Hero only works if you're aware that for the previous 10 years, there have been a lot of crap action movies. And but you've can seen you imagine them. if they made... If they made uh, Last Seventh Seal and it was a, uh, a a blisteringly hilarious look at the films of uh, Ingmar Bergman, no, yeah. it wouldn't have worked because right. nobody knows that. Yeah, it's. I think it's the same well, thing. It's like your know. IPs can can like go stale on the shelf. I don't know, Eric. That persona is ripe for a slapstick. Comedy. Shame, shame. <laughs> Strawberry Fields Forever, whatever that one was called. Yeah. <laughs> Wild strawberries. That's the one. Wild uh, thornberries. Wait, what? Yeah, You're wild thornberries. Spring. Yeah, we are on a roll. Anyway, I just wanted to bring up the this notion uh, that's in the press again. How uh, sequels based on these properties are not doing as well as they used to. And good. Now what are they going to do? Die. It'll just be cyclical. Die. It'll be cyclical. Marvel, Star Wars are going to still roll ahead. Star Trek Four is coming out at some point now with the guy that did Fargo. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I love, though, that for 20 years, you know, they've been saying, hey, we're coming out with the Flintstones or a movie version of, <laughs> yeah. you know, the blah, blah, blah. And we would all go, why? And they would say, well, because people go to these movies. Yeah. And now the people who used to say that they're, they're not going to be able to make their car payments. Yeah. Right. Awesome. So I'm so. looking forward to that. The Honeymooners movie. Right. Like that. They already uh, did that. Oh, did they? I guess they did. Yeah. yeah they? An all black cast honeymoon. Yeah, that's right. Wow. I think, uh, didn't Bernie Mac play Norton? Oh, God, who cares? I mean, Uh, I like when they did the remake of uh, (laughs) uh, of, uh, A Death at a Funeral, I think less than two years after the original came out. And Dinklage was still in that one, too, wasn't he? Mm hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It boggles. Because you need a midget, you hire a Dinklage. So if you want to make a nostalgia play, um, here's. Free, free, uh, free advice to the Disney Corporation: If they wanted to make a nostalgia play, where is their live-action Gargoyles movie? Because now you're going to get the nostalgia from the people who were, you know, '90s kids or whatever. Yeah, that's and intriguing. That that could actually work, right? It's, Finger it's, on the pulse. What are you doing, math. dude? Finger on the pulse. What are you Brian? doing? Giving them ideas? Really? I'm sure they're <laughs> aware of every I property think, they can yeah. they can milk. He's just feeling out his uh, future career. I'm, I'm saying zone. that wh- what I'm really yeah. saying is I wanted to say that the Charlie's Angels movie should have been a Kim Possible movie, but they just made a Kim Possible movie and nobody cared. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What a great idea. A rose by any other name. Yeah. Okay. Fuck Hollywood. I would, yeah. I hate to say it. I would, I would go to see a Kim Possible movie, but only if they like got Tarantino or Scorsese or <laughs> someone to add some gravitas to it okay. because that's all I understand. Okay. 
fine. Gravitas. <laughs> Her hair is Can only red because of all the blood. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gravitas. All right. Well, that's that's all I had as an extra. <laughs> I just, you know, I'm tired of the sequel. So thanks right. for playing. <laughs> On with the show. The, yes. The worst is not enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Eric, at the beginning of the show, you brought up okay that we all just and I'm I'm just gonna go out on a limb here. Uh, okay. Die Another Day is, in my mind, the absolute worst Bond film end story. Stop. Right. Uh, I don't know That's if Brian a- feels that way. He was sort of havering when we sort of brought this. So up. I I think we need to talk about. Okay, was it You Only Live Twice or Diamonds Are Forever? Which was the last of the Connery? Diamonds are forever. Diamond, okay, so though technically the, Diamonds Are Forever was a comeback after yeah, uh, Honor Magic. It's a Secret weird time because yeah. you did you did you only live twice, and that was Connery going, "I'm done, that's it." And then they got Lazenby to come back for Honor Majesty's Secret Service. So and and then Connery said, "Well, fuck that guy. Maybe I want to come back for one more." And then they did Diamonds Are Forever, and then that's it. Yeah. So, so I'm gonna say you only live twice. A view to a kill. Die Another Day and Spectre are all up, I think, for nomination here on Worst Bond mm-hmm. Film of All really? Time. Uh, I, I agree with most of that list, except for You Only Live Twice. Okay, maybe uh, Diamonds are Forever, then. Pick one of those two. So, if it's a Connery, I'm going to fight you and say that none of those deserve to be in the worst. That's just my personal okay. opinion. Okay. I've got, I've got a couple of what I think are helpful criteria, okay. All right, if I may. Shoot. Okay. Uh, one of the things that makes a bad Bond film is a ridiculous plan. Something that can't happen uh, makes you know it makes it makes uh, no sense if it did happen. I think you or know. is something that Austin Powers could very successfully make fun. No, right, I, I, I'm not with you on this because what yeah, makes a I, great Bond film is also a ridiculous plan. Yeah. See the Spy and, Who Loved Me, for example, or or point in fact. Uh, Look at the much revered Goldfinger. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and that whole plan is about a dude who wants to irradiate the world's gold supply. Right. I mean, it's like or gold that's ridiculous. I, I yeah. if I may, if I may, please, please, uh, uh, Your Honor, uh, the ridiculous plan doesn't de facto make it bad, but okay. the bad movies have a ridiculous plan. Right? I think it's they they have a ridiculous plan, but they execute it poorly. Yeah. So it's not. Mm. It's 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 it's. Oh boy, I was about to make a really hilarious but 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 anti-Semitic joke. Okay, so I'm yeah, not going to. Yeah, don't, do um, don't do that. <laughs> I'll tell you later. Uh, okay. Um, a very okay. The the other criteria: a very high impossible stunt count. Yes. This is where uh, mm. uh, 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 die another day comes in because oh, he windsurfs mm, yeah. on a ice tidal wave. And uh, the guy has a magic Tron suit that shoots space lasers. uh, And no, no, that's not a stunt. And he jumps off of the the big hovercraft that exists for no reason. Yeah. He, he, he he surfs into his mission. Okay. That's just stupid because how did they get, if you're going to sneak into a place, what are you going to do? Go to the beach, paddle out into the ocean (laughs) and then come back in on a surfboard or to be fair, not to, to be fair, it's uh, they're to, sneaking into North Korea. So come on. No, that, not to mention that was dumb. Their their supplies are all in the surfboard. Yeah. So that's like a an eighty pound surfboard full of like PX and yeah. and, and, and machine pistols and well, whatever. It's okay. like no, but, that doesn't work. But is that worse than 
a one-man submarine that looks like an alligator. Not close. No, but no, I no. will say <laughs> the this: alligator I buy. The only thing that comes close to being worse than that is the actual opening of View to a Kill, uh, wherein a really old Roger Moore, who no longer looks believable as a super spy, is doing all sorts of ski stunts. Snowboarding. And then, yeah. yeah, does a de facto snowboard when snowboarding was first becoming like a thing. Yeah. Like 85. And, and then the needle drop. The ball, and then they've got the balls to play California Girls or whatever the fuck is playing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, by the Beach Boys, but it's a cover. And yeah. so it's like, it doesn't even make sense as a, a song for that scene because it's, you know, oh, well, he's surfing on snow. I guess it works, but let's do California Girls because <laughs> it's Bond and he likes women. I just, it's okay. fucking horrible. So can we say the needle drop is definitely a cue because a view to a kill has that and so does Die Another mm. Day with a really shit needle drop of London Calling. Yes. Um, and uh, that didn't that didn't that bug you like like on a also on the level that in the Connery Bond film he made fun of the Beatles and now we're all the way up to him yes. embracing the Clash. <laughs> hey, I what? Love it. I love it. It's a it's a good tonal shift for the generations. Uh, um. But I'd say uh, Octopussy 2 doesn't even have a song needle drop. It's He's in the jungles of India trying to dick, get it, make his escape, and he swings on a vine through something. And oh, they shit. actually literally play oh. the old yeah. Tarzan, Johnny Weissmuller call. If you want to go there, uh, there's, uh, uh, I, was it the, I think it was The Man with the Golden Gun, where they do that badass car spin jump, right? It like hits the, the ramp that makes the car oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. corkscrew in the air and land on the other side. It's a badass car jump pre-digital so you know they actually did it and what do they put in the middle of it a slide whistle yeah you know so you can go oh yeah. he's spinning and it's making a spinny sound yeah. it's well, like say that. Ruined out of evil can evil that one's cool because that they did actually use uh computers to map the algorithm so they could get the corkscrew right on the ramp that was one of the first instances yeah. of that so. okay so okay. so like that. Uh, what what are your some of your other hallmarks because I've, I've got another thing to say as a hallmark but i want to hear what you've got first <laughs> i love eric's third one in the notes that he sent can i read yeah, it? yeah. <laughs> written by neil purvis and robert wade <laughs> so that's <laughs> anything written by neil purvis and robert wade yes. is not so that's worth everything from asshole. die another day to present day then yes uh, yeah yeah uh actually let's see the world is not enough was their first one which is one i actually kind of like yeah. i got to admit it's it's probably it is one of my favorites yeah. that, we'll that is how we got last, here. Show. last, yeah, yeah, last yeah. show i was defending the world is not enough and that god is talking about well, what's the yeah. worst and yeah and, mm-hmm. and i think we we're all in agreement that the that's a good movie except for the fact that denise richards scuttles the entire enterprise oh dear god denise richards can i so can i i'm sorry yeah. can i okay. take an aside on De- denise richards can i can sure. you okay um so i'm gonna quote this is from the site alternateending.com who is one of my favorite reviewers of all time and uh he does he has a format for reviewing Bond movies, and he's reviewed them all. But I'm just going to quote what he has to say about Denise Richards here. I'm I'm pulling it up. Okay, here we go. Quote, Oh, my royal screaming fuck, Dr. Christmas Jones. 
<laughs> it's not a coincidence that the moment she appears, a movie that has been sort of bland and stiff plunges into wretchedness from which it does not ever recover. It's easy to put most of this blame on Denise Richards, and frankly, perfectly fair as well. An actress who was, two years prior, cast in the satiric Starship Troopers as an ace pilot, specifically because she was so visibly not smart enough to be an ace anything, has no business being cast as a nuclear fucking scientist who gets to blithely say, yeah, but he's no atomic scientist of Bond without setting the entire movie on fire because of the rampaging hypocrisy of that one moment. Doctor Jones. Christmas Jones. And don't make any jokes, I've heard them all. I don't know any Doctor Jokes. I don't know. I think that's that's more a case of just hiring a hip name, yeah. you know, and not and and you know, like imagine anyone. God, wouldn't it be great if they hired someone who looked smart rather than hot? To, to play Christmas Jones. I mean, just imagine... Tilda Swinton as I'm, Christmas I'm, Jones. Exactly <laughs> where I was going. Yes. All right. And uh, like, like hire a non-sex object to be Christmas Jones and remove the sex scene in the end? Yeah. Well, no, no, fuck so that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna add this as my criteria. This is the thing I wanted to add because Christmas Jones is emblematic of it. Um, mm-hmm. The wider the gap in age between Bond and the Bond girl... Um, yeah. the worse the movie often is. Yeah. And which is why we'll the Roger Moore this. movies tend to yeah. go really into the shitter after, say, Spy Who Loved Me. All right, what other, yeah. what other, yeah. what other uh, call signs were you bringing up, Eric? The quality of the villain. If you sure. have a villain who isn't strong enough, then you don't really care. The stakes are low. But yes. like, like Goldfinger, Blofeld... Are, they're typically good, but if they're brought back too many times, they lose their luster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm speaking specifically of the I am Khan moment oh, from uh, Spectre, Spectre, where he announces his oh, blowfeldedness, <laughs> yeah. and who cares? Franco Bowser died 20 years ago, James, in an avalanche alongside his father. The man you're talking to now, the man inside your head. Is Ernst Blofeld. Catch your name. I didn't hate it as much on repeat views. I think that's more, and we can get into it. Is it's more just a disappointment on the whole. Okay. But it's got Christoph Waltz just going. I am the author of all your pain. And it's like, what kind of fucking <laughs> Dieter moment is this? Now's the time that's on a, Bond where we dance. Boom, do, do, that, do, 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 that, do. that reeks of a Purvis and Wade yeah. moment. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. the guys who created Christmas Jones. Uh, <laughs> okay, so are we, are we at it's either Die Another Day, Spectre, or maybe View to a Kill as the worst? No. I will say this. See, I've, I would, I'm sorry, I just want to say I, I, I would not. I, 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 w- I would take points away from... From the horrible score of A View to a Kill, despite all of its issues, uh, Christopher Walken is a fucking awesome yes. villain. Yes, okay. that's exactly so what I would So Christopher Walken upset. is going to save A View to a Kill for us. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's, yeah. I mean, it's it's Roger Moore just somnambulant through the whole enterprise, but it is saved by the ridiculousness of Walken's performance. He, just, <laughs> I, he, he I, knows he's I, in a Bond movie. Do you think there was an actual discussion where they said, how do we make this James Bond look less old? I know. Let's put in the really old <laughs> Avengers guy. Yeah, really. Which is so <laughs> weird to me, too, because uh, Diana Rigg was in Her Majesty's Secret Service back mm-hmm. in 69. So basically, both Avengers have been in the Bond films now. It's yeah. so weird to me. 
But yeah, View to a Kill, I mean, it's got a great theme song. It's got walking. Uh, points off for going to a uh, very bland Silicon Valley as its exotic mm-hmm. locale for the finale. But they wanted to have a fight on the top of the Golden Gate Bridge, which yeah. was very effective in the theater. Yeah. I mean, that, that gave me uh, uh, vertigo, and I was very conscious of how awesome that is. Yeah. Also, though, when you see it in the theater, they must have edited this out by now. When the Zorn balloon blows up, <laughs> the cinematographer's four fingers are on the top right of the frame because he's holding the lens. Nice. And they didn't catch it. And I was like, motherfucker, that, that's fingers. That's fingers. Yeah, that's I'm been, yelling at the screen. That's, that's been fingers. removed by now. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so, it has been. I haven't seen it since. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, yeah, View to a Kill has plenty of problems, but I'm still going to say Octopussy. No, I, it's, I, it's, really? I like Octopussy, Octopussy better than View to a Kill Octop- by a lot. I, I recently rewatched it, and I still stand by this, that it is its biggest crime is the fact that it is just so goddamn boring. Nothing happens. <laughs> it's just, it's like, why did you even bother to make this thing? Because it's just nothing happens. Nothing. And it, I just get irritated. So, yeah, mm. I'm going to say that one. Oh, also, I, uh, uh, I got to apologize to Eric. Eric, you were correct that the helicopter that, that was dangling a, sev- a several story tall series of saw blades was in The World Is Not Enough. But we were yeah. thinking about the helicopter actual uh rotor oh, right, cutting right, stuff right, right, up right, right, in right uh the oh, wor- oh that yeah tomorrow in, in, never dies in, in vietnam slash yeah. china i'm not really sure yeah. where they were yeah and uh that was in, yeah that another impossible stunt that makes you go bitch come which, on yeah and that's that's another good one too uh is for just ridiculous stunt theatrics uh mm-hmm. but but not just like the corkscrew jump but uh how they tend to up the ante each movie just incrementally so by specter you've got uh james bond chasing down a caravan of cars while he's in a plane and it's like all you need to do is have that road veer off into somewhere where you know he's not going to be able to see him or whatever and then like they shoot the plane down and then he crashes and then they're magically steers it somehow yeah and they're all magically in the same place That's where I knew that the the Daniel Craig era had finally ended, because up until then, everything was relatively realistic, yeah. or, or, or at least yeah. I was on board. And then when that happened, I, I could almost hear Daniel Craig going, fuck it, really? Yeah. Well, okay, right. so, well, so wait, that's the segue anymore. into the thing I want to say. So I watched both um, Spectre and Die Another Day in the last 24 hours uh, to prep for this show. And that is my primary statement I want to say about both of them is that both of them start really strong and then both of them just utterly shit the bed at a, mm-hmm. at a point and they shit the bed for different reasons. So here's my here is my working hypothesis. OK, um, so die another day does not shit the bed because of the script it does so because of the director, um, and it happens yeah. in a very specific moment, which is the introduction of the villain. It's it's a good movie up until Gustav Gustav Graves does his shitty parachute <laughs> callback to the British the, flag call, uh, parachuting thing to, to London Calling, and the movie, and then Madonna shows up, and then it just gets worse and worse. Mm. But it's all like bad choices in terms of how it was directed, how it was edited, all the cheap yeah. callbacks, the direction yeah. well, of John Cleese. 
when it when it came out, I remember the interviews with the director where he was saying, "We're trying to bring Bond into a new uh, generation yeah, or whatever." Yeah, He's yeah, like whatever. trying to update it and hip it, and it's like you're shitting on it. No, this- I personally knew though we were in trouble with that movie when the Madonna theme song came. Oh God, that theme tuneless. song is terrible. Yeah. Which leads me to another criteria, good theme song versus bad theme sure. song. And I mean good, like in terms of the Bond oof, yeah. not just, you know, a good yeah, or bad song. Yeah, a good Bond well, theme. Well, for, Di- right. for Die Another Day, uh, I'll touch on that real quick. Uh, that, in, typically in a Bond movie, they manage to weave the theme song into the score right so that you get sort of a thematic through the movie yeah. die another day is unable to do that there's no melody that song is so it's awful yeah that. there's no way yeah. uh, uh, so that so that hampers it so that's also the worst bond theme uh the sam shepherd one from mm-hmm. specters and down second uh, but with die oh, another god you're right yeah but with die it has another a melody day, yeah <laughs> Can you remember yeah. it? <laughs> I can't remember it. You're making stuff up. I would have no way of yeah. knowing because it is just not sticking to my yeah, head. It's because not. Sam Smith sings the song like this. Yeah, it's, it's not a yeah, it's, it's not a great Bond theme, but it, yeah. it at least has a melody. Dun dun dun, dun dun dun, dun dun. I do that, and you know exactly what I'm singing. Yes. But with Die Another Day as well, uh, the reason it fails for me is because that it was the 40th anniversary of yep. Bond, and they just decided, hey, we're going to shoehorn references to every previous movie, and we don't give a shit how we do it, just so long yeah. as we do it. And that's their. That's the impetus, as far the, as I can the tell. The Q That's scene the only is nothing <laughs> yeah. but that, right? The Q scene yeah, is just, yeah. here are all the props we could scrounge up from yeah. you know our archives. And, and the references to the other movies. And i got to tell you, Honor Majesty's Secret Service did sort of the same thing because it's Lazenby taking over as the first replacement right. Bond. And so the opening scene, or uh, titles... This never happened to the other Yeah, fella. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they do the opening titles, and it's all clips from the previous Connery ones. I get it. And then mm-hmm. after Lazenby gives his notice, he's sitting in his office looking at props from the other movies, and they kind of bring in the orchestral score from those movies like Dr. No and from Russia with love, etc. while he's sort of waxing nostalgic. And then they fucking mm-hmm. get on with it. Whereas Die Another Day, it's just, oh, here's the reference... Oh, here's the reference. Oh, here's the. Re- yeah. Oh, wait, and here's a guy with diamonds in his face that for some reason they can't surgically fucking remove. Oh, here's another reference. So, they also. Yeah. So, so it's like the beginning of because reasons. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like there exactly. One. A real dragon wouldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. In yeah. <laughs> Die Another Day, there are three scenes where they deliberately disorient the audience, two of which turn out to just be, oh, actually, we were in VR. Um, yeah. And then the third of which, which is, is like ugh. Rosamund Pike basically telling Bond, there's no way I'm ever going to sleep with you. Cut to, okay, I'm totally going to sleep with you now, unmotivated, which actually is motivated once you learn the rest of the plot, but yeah. it but just still. makes no damn sense. Also, yeah. age gap between Pierce Brosnan and Rosamund Pike, 26 years. Oh, mm. that's got nothing on Randy Quaid. Uh, Dennis Quaid, uh, but you what? know what? At least, at least Rosamund Pike is interesting on I screen. I really like Halle Rosamund Berry Pike. is singularly uninteresting. Yeah. yeah, I don't care about her at 
all, and it, particularly in this movie, she's it's like like words just come out of her head because they're required to. There's nothing. She was the yeah, second attempt by the Broccoli's to come up with a female James Bond. So the first was Michelle yeah. Yeoh in um, Tomorrow Tomorrow Which Never Dies, yeah. Yeah. and then it was this, and they're like, we're going to spin her off into her own series, and she mm-hmm. won her just- Oscar Oscar winner Halle Berry yeah. as Jinx. Mm-hmm. But this is just the the dialogue that she has to spout uh, doesn't do her any favors it's to begin with. All double with. entendres. The, yeah, it's but the fact that every every line read is done with that arched eyebrow and just that lilt in her voice, like I know this is a total bullshit line, but this is how they want me to do it. I take it Mr. Bond's been explaining his Big Bang theory. Oh yeah, I think I got the thrust of it. I see. I mean, it's almost what it feels like. It's like just mm. fuck no, no. Okay. Her- yeah. So so scene. Oh, oh, and one one of oh, sorry one other thing I want to point out mm-hmm. um, in Bond lore. You you can disagree with me if you want, but this is true. Uh, all of the titles that have gold in them, great movie. All the titles that have die in them, not great. Movie. In fact, pretty bad movie. <laughs> no, so the next one, no, no time yeah. to die is gonna next, suck. Next one's gonna suck. Okay. Yeah. It's gonna N- suck. 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 You mean no time to die? That's going to be. It's going to be one of the worst titles ever. I love that. That is. Okay. So, actions. I just want to go through this. Action scenes in um, Die Another Day, awesome or stupid, or maybe both. Right. Awesome, stupid, or stupidly awesome. All right. Is this like, uh, like fuck, Mary kill? Sure. Uh, (laughs) Okay. Surfing into North Korea. Stupid. Fucking stupid. Stupid. Right. Okay. Stupid. Uh, the actual scene in North Korea where the the diamonds are stolen, um, and the bomb goes off and blows up in the guy's face. Stupid. If you're if Stupid. you're referencing anything from Die Another Day, that's going to be my default answer. Okay. Fist fight in dancing laser room. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> awesomely stupid come on that is a james bond scene get that is funny that was hilarious uh, wait, i love that I'm, shit. I'm still trying to think wait what happened okay so dancing laser room yeah. Halle berry is like strapped to this chair and they're doing the like the goldfinger laser torture and then bond shows up and fights the henchmen but the lasers go haywire and they're all activated now yeah and so, and so, so there's like this laser yeah. light oh. show of death lasers and they're having a fist fight in between these moving lasers it's it's so yeah. dumb but it's oh, so wow. fun yeah I but mean, they're like space age cutty lasers they're not just like the red yeah like instant <laughs> you know, death lasers yeah, so, so another uh, another uh, a Goldfinger reference. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very much a Goldfinger reference. Okay. Yeah. The only thing I liked about that entire movie was the James Bond escape where he walks into the Chinese hotel with a beard, just like, hi. Yeah. And they go, oh, yeah, and it's like, Bond. Yeah, give him a room. Dripping wet and his pajama shirt top is totally open to his like ridiculously yeah. Irish hairy chest. Yeah. It's like, what yes. the fuck, dude? That was the only, I think that was the only part of the movie where I'm, all right, that's entertaining. Yeah, that was fun fact as is, hell, right? He's just like, yeah, it's in yeah. my tailor. And yeah, in Hong Kong. And the fun yeah. fact is, the boat that he escaped from was actually the headquarters in "You Only Live Twice," like the submerged of boat. It was. So that's the <laughs> reference there. So that's another big giant fu to die another day. Okay. So yeah. what about? And I know, I know, nobody likes the invisible car thing, but ignoring the fact that it is an occasionally invisible car, two <laughs> yeah. rocket-equipped spy cars chasing and shooting at each other across the ice yeah they're like rocket sleds right that no they're just cars 
Oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It was awesome. Come on, that was yeah. awesome. Uh, eh, see, it was okay. It was potentially awesome, and I I loved the spy car thing. But it's on snow uh, in front of ice. It's like there's no speed perspective. Yeah. It's just basically pictures of cars. And <laughs> I, I mean, and I, you can't see what's going on. And honestly, uh, Dalton had a much better go at that sort of thing in the living daylights. I agree. So okay. again, they're just repurposing stuff that we've seen before. They're just doing it worse. And living daylights. Yeah, it was, it was not as long. And there was also stuff to see, like, you know, cutting the hole in the ice or yeah. the, that, that goofy thing with him driving around with the Dacia uh, yeah. attached to the, I, you know, but it was, you could follow it. Yeah. So again, my, <laughs> so. my statement here is, and again, the speed ramping really dates it. The CG isn't great on the ice fortress. Um, but on paper, die another day <laughs> on paper, I can see they're like, this is actually a really, you know, complete bond movie. It's got all the things you want in a bond movie. We've got some Fantastic. stuff for the 40th anniversary, the 20th movie. And then the execution just didn't land. Mm. Yeah. I I think that they watched the Matrix and said we are sunk if we don't find a way to high tech sure. this. Thing. Yeah, uh, but to be, I mean, just the Brosnan years are weird because it like most of these that start strong with Goldeneye, and then it's yeah. just this law yeah. of diminishing returns by the time you get to die another day. <laughs> and it's the same with the Craig movies. It's just weird. Yeah. I mean, Skyfall is Skyfall is decent, but it's not the end all be all like another people make those, it out to the be. The bad guy couldn't possibly have thought all of this through, meant to get yeah. caught Joker plots. It's like it's yeah, a fun the ride, on purpose but needs to hold yeah. up. And then when you get to Spectre, and then you finally get the return of Blofeld, which I was super excited about. And then they fucking blow it. And it's, it's like the hey, moment let's, the movie shits the bed. Yeah, and it's like, hey, let's <laughs> yeah. uh, let's just make it so that uh, Bond and Blofeld actually have a childhood connection. And That's Blofeld the just worst. pissed yeah. at him oh, for stealing his God. daddy. That like, is the, the plot of Austin Powers' Gold Member. <laughs> it's true. It's true. What? Doctor Evil's not your son. I am. You both are. Ooh. Do you know, I mean, do you know how cool Blofeld is in the books? I mean, I know Ryerson, you do, that oh, yeah. he's in World War II, he's a signal corpsman who's intercepting and receiving all the messages from the Axis and Allies. He's like, he knows all the information, and after the war, he trades on it. Yeah. It's like, that's how he builds a base of power. This, it's like, a guy fell off a mountain and decided, I'm going to be a bad guy, and <laughs> yeah. was. So, And then he spouts lines like, I... I'm the author of all your pain. Your, your pain. Yeah, it was all <laughs> me, right? Yeah. Just, oh, God. Can can you explain yeah. to me, like, maybe one of you guys are more computer adapting would know, how how standard is it to have on a laptop a thing that reads rings? Yeah, I didn't not, know about the digital storage but ability of a yeah. ring. That's a Q thing, though. So. No, yeah, that's no, just it's dumb. not. It's also whoever wore the fucking ring. Well, it's no dumber than what was it in Goldeneye when they have a, a computer virus called a spike. Uh, so you got Alan Cummings just tapping frantically. You know what I yeah. mean? No, it's like, I come mean, on, I think, man. I think they learned a bit of computer like talk and just kept like saying the spike, it. Yeah. The spike seemed to be like I was tracing down where your computer was and then I was I was going to interfere with it. I mean, <laughs> that at least like, kind of relates to things people do. But it's like, everything yeah. mid-90s was hacking. Yeah, it's and like yeah. they just didn't know how to it's talk It's like hurricane it. heist. But, do the hack. 
<laughs> oh my god! Yeah, Spectre. So th- their their desire to somehow serialize the Bond films. Yeah, which like, I don't which like the whole appeal of Bond films was that they kind of had no continuity. Right, you could yeah. just kind of come there's, into any of them cold, and if you saw the jokes, you yeah. saw the jokes. It's a loose uh, continuity. Yeah, there's the it's occasional loose, but, thing that resonates, like the death of Diana Rigg or whatever. But yeah, but I mean, this they're trying to retcon it, right? They have Blofeld yeah. show up, and he's like, "Now we didn't put anything in those movies. You can't go rewatch them and and pull together the pieces of our intricate, you know, years long puzzle. It's just." Uh, actually, nope, it was all me. Ha ha. Uh, no. <laughs> also, you're my brother yeah. <laughs> and you don't remember me. No. Uh, no. No. Yeah. no you know, but the thing is, like, in Quantum of Solace, they were painting it as a larger hidden organization. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. good. Yeah. Do that. But yeah. then they. Uh, but that was sort of the sub organization. But again, it's. Yeah, the, the, but that's the thing. Call the organization, you know, leave it quantum, you know. Yeah. But, but that's but, but that's the, and if you're going to call it Spectre, call it Spectre. But please don't use the acronym because it's silly. Yeah. So, but, uh, th- but that follows the the long history of things that they do that just happen in the stories for the sake of happening to move along. Because, like in Honor Majesty's Secret Service, Bond disguises himself as like a genealogist to go into the. Wolofeld Fortress to basically tell him he's a baron, and for some reason they never address the fact that Blofeld should know who the fuck Bond is. Uh, that's a real weird red flag on that movie mm. for me, and it just sort of derails it for a, a spell, because it's like you should know automatically who he is when you meet him, but yet... Mm. So well, okay. Know. So Bond Bond <laughs> infiltrates <laughs> the Spectre meeting. He just kind of you know he has the ring. He just kind of walks in, and this meeting is just <laughs> ridiculous, right? They're all just standing around a table, and then there's like no security. There's there's no. It's the easiest thing to infiltrate, and the way Blofeld hides his identity is through backlighting, which is only going to work if you happen to be sitting where they put the camera, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. just, no. Wrong, Welcome, James, and then he looks up at him. Suddenly, he's revealed. Yeah, no. Uh, it, yeah. I mean, I wanted that to be better. I wanted that to be an ice wide shut moment. <laughs> yeah, which it wasn't. But it, and it, and again, I think I don't hate Spectre. I mean, I don't necessarily like it. I mean, I I was oh, just I angry it. when I came out of it. But now, when I watch it, I'm just disappointed. Disappointed, and that so that was going to be my final conclusion. I think. Spectre is okay. Maybe Die Another Day is the worst Bond movie, but Spectre is the most disappointing Bond movie. Yeah. I mean, but I think it's because, geez. like you said, they they started with Casino Royale and then they had to retcon everything for this continued oh, they storyline. They could have yeah. just had Spectre but, do stuff unconnected to all the. But, <laughs> yeah, God but that's damn. what I'm saying. Yeah. But no, but they had quantum. to play like this. You long started game. well with this quantum thing, right? And the fact that they had no fucking clue what it was. The beginning of Quantum of Solace, when he starts laughing and says, this is great. We always think you're looking over our shoulders, but you have no idea yeah. we exist. I'm like, yeah. yeah, that's scary. That's the best part of Quantum of Solace by a lot. Yeah. I love sorry, Quantum, Quantum of Solace. Of Solace. I love Quantum, almost, Quantum. almost everything yeah. about it is, is great, except the exploding hydrogen hotel. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing oh. with the Craig ones, too, is if, if you follow everything post-Casino Royale, every single one of those movies has a fucking hidden, like, 
fortress somewhere that Bond has to mm-hmm. infiltrate and then fuck up. Well, and that's then a Bond movie. The I, I'm fine with that. I just don't want the the fortress to blow up for no goddamn reason the way it does in Spectre. Because he shot a fuel cell. <laughs> and what's more, it's yeah. supposed to be a public hotel. No, no, so Spectre. Like, not, this, not Quantum. This ex- Spectre. <laughs> Yeah, this explosive shit is just like on every wall at any moment. Yeah, that's 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 quantum. (laughs) Inspector, I'm I'm pretty sure Bond just thinks that the hotel that the base should explode and it does. Like, absolutely no instigating anything that makes that thing blow up. (laughs) Well, and the other thing with Spectre too is when he comes out of that when Blofeld's drilling into his head and whatnot, and then they make the escape, and then he knocks the guard out exiting and then grabs his gun and then it turns into Goldeneye the video game it's like every single one of those now has an action set piece where it's basically oh this is the video game oh look two guys over there point and shoot two guys over there point and shoot oh shoot the canister thing and make it explode I mean it's literally laid out like a video game he has so irritating he has the one gadget the watch right which of course has an opportune use Bond is is like strapped into this mental whatever torture device thing he he gets the watch to in front of Blofeld. It blows up. Blofeld falls out of his chair, which causes the restraints to open on Bond's torture device. Exactly. Why? Exactly. So, as far as I can tell, this movie is actually about Blofeld and Bond, who are both telekinetic psychic people. And because Blofeld was distracted, Bond could now mentally open his restraints and then eventually mentally destroy the base. Like, none of this has... Yeah. It makes any damn sense, and it's in the script. Mm. It's in the script this time. All yeah. of this shit is. It pisses well, me off. The other thing that's in the script, I want to... The Bond women, like, both Bond women are icky in this, okay? <laughs> yeah. It, not, not the and, women, not the women. The relationship between Bond and the women is icky, right? The first one yeah. is Monica Bellucci, and it's like, hi, I killed your husband. I just killed your husband. And yeah. he's like immediately making out with her, which is just icky. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other but one it's... is, hi, I killed your dad, <laughs> right? Yeah. And this is a 17-year yeah. gap between the the two actors, um, Leah Sidhu, and will be in the uh, and they want us be to believe no that somehow she's going to be the new like Diana Rigg, the new Vesper Lind, yeah. or the new what? Like she's like. Yeah, no. Like Bond's gonna, gonna run gonna off happily. Yeah, oh, she's so dead yeah. in the opening scene of yeah. Die Already or whatever <laughs> that can, next movie. One can hope. Yeah, is. just die already. Uh, which uh, I me forgot to, about the, yeah, which, the Monica Bellucci thing because yeah. what makes it even creepier? It's not just that he killed her husband. It's they're gonna come and they're going to kill me. Well, then I guess we should probably get to know each other yeah. better. Yeah, you know, so I can save you. Yeah. Uh, get that dress off. Yeah, uh, it's well, and then another <laughs> and then the work. following. With the the new ones too, I just want to add that they've they've literally run out of classic Fleming titles, and so ever since the '90s, uh, I mean even in the '80s you kind of got the short stories, but as of the '90s you started getting just the made up titles to fit the stories that they were telling, like Goldeneye's Ian Fleming's Estate in the Bahamas, right, etc. Uh, etc. Et and so. That's it, why the new title that's going to come out, "No Time to Die," just it's it irritates <laughs> yeah. me to no end because it's like of all the things you could choose, that's what you you did. I mean, yeah, well, they, they, well, you know, the, you know the other the other title though, they had one last uh, thing of Fleming's, and it was "Don't Forget Feed the Dog, Water the Plants." Right, and it would have made no sense. <laughs> I mean, they could call the next movie yeah. "The Law Offices of Bernstein." You know what? I, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, or why don't they just do 007 in New York? That's one of the short stories. <laughs> I mean, fuck, you know? 
<laughs> but no time to die. Come on. <laughs> so okay, so, are we agreed? Uh, die another day. Worst Spectre. Most yeah, disappointing. Yeah. Die another day. I think yes. Yeah. What's the second worst? What is your second worst though? Like like forget disappointing. Just just so that we can each have a different hashtag. <laughs> because <laughs> it's all about <laughs> the hashtags i yeah. mean view to a kill really sucks i'm sorry i yeah i'm uh, i'm gonna go on record and say octopussy is the worst of the the moors for me okay i'm gonna go on record and say that uh uh, uh, uh skyfall is is the worst really Ooh. interesting yeah you're gonna put that one below specter that's interesting because it's lazy okay. just for lazy okay yeah i mean yeah I, oh boy, Spectre is bad though. Yeah, Spectre is really Spectre <laughs> yeah. is worse than Skyfall. Okay, I, I got to roll on, it yeah. back then because you know what? Actually, I'm sorry, I am mistaken because Skyfall has one of the best Bond villains. I really, yeah. Yeah. I really do love that one. Okay, He's no, so I'm going to say the worst one is uh, the Man with the Golden Gun because that also has a really great villain, but at the same time, it's just silly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it poses again it's like it poses no threat it's one guy who's a really good shot but oh yeah by the yeah. way he's got a satellite laser gun yeah what? in in thailand well that was yeah. a tough one for me because that literally was the first one i ever saw as a kid on tv uh, and so it holds a special place in my heart uh mm. i don't i don't particularly like most of the more so if i had to choose my top three Roger Moore, it would be Man with the Golden Gun, Spy Who Loved Me, and God Help Me, Moonraker. God uh, help you. <laughs> uh, because anything post-Moonraker is just, he should have hung up his spurs, man. Because yeah. he just looks tired, he looks bored. It's obviously stunt doubles. I just can't do them. So. But I will say, for your eyes only, has a believable story, and he's a, a brutal Bond again who kills without remorse or yeah. jokes. Yeah, and then they... Go to the Iger sanction so, ending. So That's I think good. James yeah. Bond speaks for our audience when he says to Blofeld, Inspector, nothing can be as painful as listening to you talk. Okay. <laughs> Bravo. Uh, and with right. that, I think we can call yeah. it. With that, ma- Magnificently Huge on Facebook, Magnificently Huge at gmail.com, MagHuge on Twitter, Magnificently Huge everywhere magnificently huge in your butt magnificently oh. huge on the walls magnificently oh. huge is magnificently huge and it's huge and magnificently magnificently huge, huge yeah. will return in magnificently huge <laughs> <laughs> to <a> kill <laughs> no time to podcast <laughs>